0: We spend far too much time worried about what makes us different than the next person, or better than the next person, and not enough time thinking about why we should respect the next person. We all have a story, an overarching theme that runs through our lives and makes us who we are. The problem is, we think that since each of our stories is different, there's not a lot of perceived value or shared struggle, but we have far more in common than we can imagine, and what motivates one person can certainly help us as well. Third Lap Podcast is about understanding, respecting, and appreciating the struggle that it takes to overcome immeasurable odds in order to reach your destiny. Join me as I interview and bond with some of the most inspiring and incredible people, diving into their why to get a full understanding of their being. Without each other, we have nothing. So let's go on this adventure together and take on the future with open minds and open hearts. Welcome to the Third Lap Podcast. What's going on everybody? Thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Third Lap podcast. Um I got to stop sounding surprised when I say this like we're not going to keep doing these episodes, but every time I like, yo, I'm surprised that we we still here. We made it. <laughs> but um yeah, now nah, we still pushing, man. Third Lap for life, yo. And so really excited today to connect with my guest as always. I have someone really inspirational um influential on the podcast today and so today I'm joined by the homie Taj Deshaun athlete career transition coach fellow podcaster author and all around just a real one man and so Taj brother I appreciate you joining me today um yeah how's everything going
1: everything is great man I appreciate you man uh Real recognized real, brother. You, you yes, know, sir. you're my Philly brother, man. So, <laughs> gotta throw that out there, man. But all is well. I'm honored to be here. Glad we connected. And thank you for having me, man.
0: Yes, sir. Nah, man, I appreciate you being on here. Really looking forward to learning more about you and about your your personal and professional journey throughout life, man. And so, how we know each other. Yo, so, I tell people all the time, LinkedIn is my moneymaker. That's why I'm running the bag up because, you know, LinkedIn has been good to a brother over. So, We met on LinkedIn. I think like half my episodes, if I didn't know the person personally, like we met on LinkedIn. Uh, (laughs) And so uh, we met on LinkedIn. Yeah. Like Tasha, Real Recognize Real. We hit it off pretty much immediately. Um, I saw some of his podcast episodes that he was sharing um, and just all around the content and and what he contributed to to the social media site. Reached out to him. was like, bro, you know, I love to have you on the podcast. And we connected by phone a few weeks ago and then decided to schedule a date and time to sit down and chop it up. And so, yeah, man, anything you want to add about how we met or how we know each other?
1: Man, like you said, man, it was just great that genuine connection. And like you said, man, people who are on our LinkedIn and not taking LinkedIn seriously, like you gotta wake up, man. It's not just a place where you go in there and try to get a job anymore. Like it is an actively growing social network and content platform. Like you said, you've been running up the bag on LinkedIn, man. I have I built my business on the back of LinkedIn starting in 2018. And I'd say, honestly, man, like 80 to 90% of the income and relationships that I've mm. generated over the past couple of years, all off of LinkedIn, man. So, yeah, man.
0: They don't take sorry, it serious, ahead, bro. I was going to say, they don't take it serious. Like people, Instagram, Twitter, like work LinkedIn into your rotation because that's a, a a platform for career professionals, right? Like there's a platform of people making money, yo. Like you better tap in no matter what you're doing. And especially educators, because I'm in education. Educators, if you do not have a LinkedIn account, you're bugging. Like you're really (laughs) tweaking out here. Like you're not taking yourself seriously. And so let's stop. Let's everybody listening. If you don't have one, take yourself seriously. Sign up for LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you should pay me for this promo. Pay me in times. We will split it in half. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but nah, man, up, man. We, we met on linkedin bro but yeah my bad i had interrupted you
1: no you're good man i was interrupting you because you was all right now i love all of that man i'm glad you shared that like but all i was gonna all i was gonna say aside from the value of linkedin but i'm glad we connected on there because great things like this happen you know we just connected we're doing a podcast together and we're probably gonna be working on many more projects in the future so th- this doesn't happen without linkedin you
0: know what i mean so Yep. that's all i wanted to share on that man yeah nah this is step one bro we're gonna be we're going up from here man you know what i mean we start with one podcast episode and we let that evolve into whatever whatever the universe has for us but yeah this won't be the last time we connect for sure and so taj um you know this is now the rep your hood section so yeah man tell the people what hood you repping
1: man 909 stand up i.e inland empire that's southern california Let me start with that, man. Let me start with the birthplace. I was born in Pasadena, California. And then uh, right around the time, I was in, uh, I guess, no, it was like third grade. We moved out to the Inland Empire, which is like 20 minutes east of Pasadena. So basically, I grew up like 45 minutes outside of LA. It's the Inland Empire. Um, That's where I'm from, man. And then after college, I came back and lived in San Diego for a while. So San Diego became like a second home for me. But then again, I gotta say, you know, the East Coast is like a home for me too, the whole Tri-State area, because I went to school at Stony Brook, which is in Long Island. But it all comes down to the turf, the home turf, you know, 909,
0: Inland Empire, California, man. I feel like you can't get any more different than the Inland Empire and Long Island, bro. Long Island, (laughs) (laughs) it don't get any different, bro. Um, But that's what's up, man. Yeah, like I was telling you before we jumped on, um my wife and i will be touching down. It's my first time at cali i don't remember if she's been or not but we're gonna run through cali if you got any suggestions brother you know i'm all ears um because it sounds like you was in and around some of the places that will be this summer so yeah man cali in the building you're the first cali person so cali stand up man west coast right here east the west coast 90s in the 90s they said we couldn't do it man here we are 2021 (laughs) you heard Ain't no beef, we good out here.
1: <laughs> exactly, bro. All love, all love. And you will be going to Cali head. after I already left. Man, I'm yeah, in Texas course. now.
0: Of course. of course. Of course you would.
1: <laughs> but you gotta hit up Roscoe's. I'm sure you already yeah, know about yeah. Roscoe's because you're gonna be in the LA area. I'm
0: going to um, Marathon. We're gonna check out Nip. You know what I mean? We're gonna see the murals on Kobe and Nip. we're gonna put the work in as tourists. Um, but then touchdown on the turf. I told my, my wife we gotta go through Crenshaw, gotta hit Compton. Um, if when they city I pull up on, I gotta pull up to the hood. I gotta see what the hood looking like because you know, that's where it's really at, man. Um, she she keeps telling me we're going to be careful. Of course, we, of course we're going to be careful. Um, but still, we, we got to touch down on, on some of these locations. Um, and then hitting Oakland to really explore like some of the old Black Panther territory um, because they've been so hugely influential for me and her. So I love the West Coast. Haven't been to Cali yet, but got all the respect for it. So excited to get out there. I'm going to come check you down in Texas too. Don't worry, man. Uh, we're going to link for sure, brother. But yeah, so... You know, we talked about the Hoosie Reppin', how we know each other. Let's dive into this, man. You know, Taj, kick us off. You know, where where does your career begin? Where does your personal and professional journey, I should say, begin?
1: Oh, man, it really begins
0: after college. So I played
1: football at Stony Brook University out in Long Island, like you just talked about. And uh, my professional career began with just being lost, man, completely lost. Like none of, nothing I'm doing right now, the book, the podcast, the coaching, Uh, you know, working with a publishing company, none of this was ever on my radar, man. I graduated from college. I came home, had no idea who I was outside of being Taj the football player, you know, was just completely lost, a lot of drinking, a lot of like, hey, I don't have a job right now, I'm back home. I just basically had an extended college, man. So I spent a lot of time being lost, a lot of time just like that fall from grace was difficult for me because I went from being, you know, at a university, uh, D1 University on scholarship, going to New York City almost every weekend, living it up, you know, then come back home and I'm, I'm back in my childhood bedroom with no job prospects. I'm looking at my Pop Warner trophies, you know, waking up to that every day as a grown man. My mom's telling me to take out the trash, like just tragic, man. So that's where the drinking comes in. A lot of drinking to try to mask that. Um, long story short, man, I started out in sales because sales jobs are always hiring. Uh, I realized that sales wasn't for me, and I really wanted to start working more with people. That led me to a career of recruiting. And one thing I really loved about recruiting was that I could still be competitive with myself, meaning like putting numbers up and helping place people in jobs. But I was also helping people at the same time, and that's a beautiful thing. Where you can get compensated and be competitive with yourself, but you're also having an impact on people's lives. So my career recruiting—that's what ultimately led me to doing what I'm doing now. We could pick, we could pick up, man, because. I'll just leave it at there for now. That's a whole long story in itself. how I transitioned into to doing the athlete career transition coaching, but that's how it began,
0: bro. Shout outs to Tim Massaquai, the Mentals NYM podcast. That's all about like mental health and, and, and the destigmatization of it. But Tim used to play in the NFL and in our first two episodes were former NFL players. And just that transition around going from all you've known to the unknown, right? Is a wild transition man and hearing athletes like i tapped out in high school i was on big butt. i was smoking heavy weed you know what i mean if i didn't caught up to the kid um i had chances to be a little bit more serious but between chasing women and, and, and smoking a lot of marijuana i, I wasn't really serious <laughs> but you know hearing folks that did get into college play college ball a couple folks that that had chances in the professional leagues With professional sports i mean if you're lucky your career is over at 30 right and so you have an entire life left to live and I see that very specifically you have started really addressing that transitional period for athletes and former athletes right And so Tosh talk to us about it I mean clearly you went through it so you have some empathy for them but I feel like you know We empathize with all kinds of people and situations. That doesn't necessarily mean we turn it into a career. And so for you, why was it important for you to step into that void to help folks make that transition?
1: Man, that's a great question, Mal. Um, I really felt like it was my responsibility because at a certain point, I had started finding some success. Like I said, once I I stepped into recruiting, I was making great money, man. You know, I was on like my third recruiting job. The placement numbers were off the chain. I was even managing a team at the time. And this is when I had moved from the IE down to San Diego and I was living down there. I was living the life, man. I was like, you know, I had a, a nice spot on the water, the, the car, the nice apartment, the whole thing. And um, I had a lot of teammates who I was still in touch with. And some of them would come out to visit me in San Diego. And they're like, Taj, man, how are you doing this, bro? Like, I'm back home. I'm working at Home Depot. I'm back home, you know, doing whatever, trying to figure it out. And here you are living the life. Um, And on top of that, like some of them still had league dreams, like they were still trying to make it like, bro, come on, man. We're going on 24, 25, 26 now. But long story short, I started helping those guys out, man. And um, I became like an unofficial coach to them. I would I would be helping them before work, you know, and obviously they were on the East Coast, so I could do it in the mornings or after work or even on the weekends. And I started to fall in love with that process of helping these guys out with going from being completely lost or still struggling with holding on to the game to get into a point where they were like, man, I think I might want to do this. You know what? I might start going this direction and being able to heal and move on and see themselves as more than just football players. So it started with that. And then it branched out to other athletes. Like they would start referring me to their cousins or like, you know, younger siblings who were playing different sports, men and women. And I was like, right around the time that I was doing this, I was like, you know what, man, I think I started doing research around what was available. And this was like 2017 when I was doing the research and there was nothing. There's a lot of resources for athletes in transition now. But back then, Mal, it was like, you know, basically, you know, articles on how to do a job interview. No sort of holistic approach. No type of like, you know, how do you deal with that fall from grace of being under the spotlight To just now you're working at Enterprise, rent a car or whatever that looks like. No sort of guidance, man. So what I do is I put together some curriculum and I'm fortunate, man, I run in some circles who with some heavy hitters, man, people who are like clinical psychologists, people who understand the psychology behind that loss of identity and what that looks like. And I put together some curriculum that can take an athlete from being able to move past no longer being an athlete. That's the first part. And then getting clear on what you want to do that you can be just as excited about, if not more excited about than when you were playing your sport. And that sounds crazy to some people like, you know, of course, nothing's ever gonna compare to me getting an interception or knocking someone's block off, right? When I play when I play corner and safety, but what I do now, man, I really love this, bro. Like I was excited for this podcast, like it's game day. You know what I'm saying? Like I love what I do, and I want that for everyone else. So that's what I help athletes do. Um, on top of that, once they're clearing the direction, I have so many great people like yourself, people that I've networked with who you know, from the recruiting world and, you know, high ups in different organizations and also just athletes who are business owners, like former athletes who own businesses. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not so cocky that I think that, okay, just because someone works with me and I help them get to a point where they're clear, then I'm going to be helping, I'm going to be able to help them all the way. I connect them with other people who are doing something similar. So if someone wants to get into real estate, that's not my foray. you know, like I got to connect them with people who are in real estate, who can take them under their wing and help guide them. So that's what I'm doing, man. That's how it all started. And uh, I really got serious about it in, in 20, going into 2018. And when I say got serious, I mean like I quit my job in recruiting and started doing this full time. Had to earn my stripes as an entrepreneur, you know, went broke. Had to move back in with my folks, you know, car repossessed. But I was like, man, I'm gonna do this, whatever it takes. I'll stay broke for another 10 years if I if I had to. But luckily it was more like two years. And now I'm on the upswing, man. So And it's been a blessing. I get to be a blessing to other people, but I'm being blessed now because of the work that I've been putting in. You know what I'm saying?
0: You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis. Yeah, absolutely, bro. And I was going to ask you what position I figured you probably play either wide receiver or corner. Now that I know that you play corner, when I do see you, we strapping the cleats. So I'm going to put you on the island and I'm going to cook you, boy.
1: <laughs> we got to light it up, uh, man. Yeah, we going to light it light up. There's a lot of space out here in Texas, yeah, man. I still man. got my cleats. I'm going nice. to pull them out the closet and Listen. we can light. Hey, man,
0: now we're going to have to record it. Yeah, He's listen, talking. bro. I was I was I was cooking my puppies the other day, man. I was like, line them up, man. Get them in the backyard.
1: <laughs> bro, uh, it's funny you say that, man, because I, I I cook with, I got a little dog that we live with out here. Yeah. Like, it's my girl's dog, but she's my dog now. So yeah, of course uh I'll be cooking him, man.
0: Bad yeah, like you bad, got to. bro. That's the best way. If you could cook them, uh, right, you still got you some Plus, Taj, exactly. where, where you at right now, bro? I just turned 30 last week. Oh, yeah, that's right, bro. Yes, I saw the yes, post. Sir. Congratulations. Welcome to the promised land, man. Yo, welcome to the best years of your life, brother. Trust me. The 30s is, is such a, Everybody listening, if you're in your 30s, you can attest. Folks get into it, you kind of scared? It's, yo, trust me, this is beautiful. Now I'm worried about 40, but 30, <laughs> it was wonderful, bro. It was, it was unprecedented in so many ways. And you already talked to us about all the work that you did to identify what you love, right? And that allowed you to even be a better representation of that process for the people that you work with, right? Because it's one thing, if I'm telling you how to do something, but I've never really done it, it won't resonate the same way. Because truth really hits you in your soul. You could tell when somebody has that experience when they're talking about something they know, understand, and love. It helps you move in that direction. That's why certain coaches are just incredible, right? Because they speak to your spirit. Um, And so I can tell, Taj, with you, you know, like you said, I mean, shout out to your parents for having a dope safety net um, and all the people in your corner and in your network that support you. Because if I've learned anything, um, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart, A, and B, it's taxing on the people that support you and that love you, yo, right? Because many times you are going to have to kind of fall all the way off to pick it all the way back up. Um, and so shout outs to your, your safety net, shout out to the people in your life, um, your girl and all the folks that held you down, man, because without them, um, it's a lonely, dark road, man. And, you know, I, I don't wish that on anybody. So glad you have that support. But, you know, I would love to have you talk to us even more about what that process looked like. So the curriculum, um, because I was going to ask you, like you, you mentioned a psychological shift, right? Like something that I talk to folks about a lot and just career development, shout outs to all the people and talent, helping people understand what they love, and then helping them to prioritize that as their pursuit, right? And so you mentioned, there's nothing like catching an interception and knocking somebody's top off. But I remember listening to Calvin Johnson several years ago talking about he potentially loved art more than he loved football, right? And so so many of us have this duality. So many of us are like, this physical body is is has provided for us, but realistically, we have so much more to give, but society only sees us as this physical body too, right? Like that gets ingrained in us, especially as black and brown men, that like it black and brown people, women, that happens too as well. Non-binary folks folks, also, I'm sure. But like, you know, if you're good at a sport, that's all we want from you. I don't care about the rest, right? And so, you know, I would love to hear from you. How did you really attack the the psychological and philosophical component to help people really ingrain themselves and finding that secondary or really not even secondary maybe it was their primary pursuit but really helping them latch onto that part
1: bro that is a phenomenal question and before I even get to that I just want to touch on some of the things that you just shared before I forget where like you said society especially as black and brown folks they only see us as our sport and then we only see ourselves as our sport too man you know, and then I remember when I came home from college, man, I left this part out before I got into sales. I was trying to be in the music industry because I'm like, man, maybe I'll just be a producer because I was like, well, yes, you know, I, like it, it, yes, we're sir. so limited in our thinking sometimes, man. And that's the problem. And I'm glad that there's more examples of, you know, young black men and women doing big things in the world today that we can look to and see, man, I can literally be anything I want. And that's the part that gets exciting. Um, and you know what, man, is it, that's really what I teach to answer your question is. I want to get people to a point where I'm not Mr. Like, Oh, follow your passion. Cause you mess around to follow your passion. Like just cause you want to be a rapper, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's great that you want to rap, but are people, are you actually having an impact on people and are people willing to pay you to do so? Right. I'm not trying to crush anybody's dreams, but I'm very realistic with I'm letting folks know that life gets really exciting when you understand that you can create because we might've played our sport, like you said, maximum 30 years old. And I work with folks who like might've been coming off a professional career overseas and they were coming up on 30. But when you really think about it, that was such a small window in your life to where you have like 70 years ahead of you to be able to create and do it, whatever it is that you want to do. So something I'm really big on is finding that intersection of talent, um, interest, and also things that you are willing to build the skill set up. Cause like you talked about, you could be broken at something at first and not be very good at it, But if you really care about it and it's something that's important to you, you'll stay with the mission and be willing to fall all the way off before you get back on. So those are the things that I'm looking to help people identify, man. And I have a whole process that I go through. Um, I'm really big on getting people to really come up with that clear vision, not just for a paycheck, right? Not just what am I doing for a check, but what am I doing long-term that's gonna have an impact on the world and that's gonna bring me fulfillment in everything that I do. And I think if people really spent time on it, which we don't have time that time to spend while we're playing our sport cuz it's just 24/7 whatever your sport is but now that you're no longer playing the sport you have nothing but time to intentionally craft and create that vision and do what you got to do to pay bills while you're building long term on the back end so that's what I look at man
0: yeah I love what you just said there and I wanted to take a shout out uh, time to shout out Kala conductor so he shared with me these four quadrants of like kind of purpose right and so is what do you love doing what the world needs what can you be paid for and then what are you good at right and so like those four quadrants and then the very middle of it is purpose it's like a big star that's your purpose and I think that a lot of times the short-sighted component comes into what you mentioned around okay you love the rap but are you good at it right is it something that people can compensate you for because you could be you could like several different things. You may only be good at one of them, right? Is it worth that pursuit? I also kind of, am on the fence and I would love to hear how you feel about this. If somebody wants to pursue rat, like I'm going to encourage you, right? Like if you really think that that's the thing, sometimes you have to go through that experience to see that that isn't the hustle that you think it is, right? Like I used to spit, you was producing, you know, we spent time in and around that work. People think it's a get rich quick scheme and it is not like that is some of the longest hustle that you could run up, especially as an independent artist. And so, you know, when you run into someone that is really, really hell-bent on doing this one thing that probably isn't the thing that they're going to necessarily seek see success in, how do you approach that, right? Like, how do you ultimately talk to somebody? And I think this is, could even be valuable for parents that, you know, really want to see the best for their child, feel like the kid may not be headed in the right direction. You know, how do you kind of interject there to say, hey, listen, I get it, you love it, but like maybe something else might be the, the lane or the, the place to pursue. Man you, man, you
1: see this is why I love this podcast, man. Cause you come with the fire questions. This is actually thought provoking questions, you know? Um, one thing I'll say is that, and this is to your point about like how you, you used to spit, I used to make beats. When I come across someone who needs kind of that reality check, it's more so encouraging them to not limit themselves to just that, right? So I still like making beats. I still make beats in my free time because it's relaxing for me and I enjoy it. But it's not something that I'm going to try to make a career out of. And I had to realize that very early on because I had to ask myself, is it something that I'm willing to struggle with or pursue long-term? And the answer was no. And then ultimately I felt like I wanted to make a bigger impact than just making beats. So what I'm doing now, and I'm using myself as an example, I love coaching people and helping people. And watching people get to a point where they're clear on what they want to do so that they can start executing. And as athletes, you know this, man, if you launch into an idea as an athlete, you're gonna run with it and take it to the moon. But it's about having the right thing. Cause I've seen athletes apply that go-getter mindset to the wrong career, and yeah, they might have made it, but then eventually that burnout's coming. It's only a matter of time before you hit that wall and you're like, damn, I put in all this work, I made it to the top, I made all this money, and I picked the wrong path. So it's so it's so important to have that clarity around the right path first. But what I'll say is, man, like, I never want to shoot anyone's dream down. I just want to encourage them to not limit themselves to only one thing. Just as an example, I see a lot of athletes also that want to get into uh, coaching, right? They want to get into coaching or sales. That's the main two things, right? So you know what I'm talking about, man. Like, athletes want to get into sales because people say, oh, man, you're competitive. You would be great at sales, right? It's just like, it's just like athletics. And that's true. But what is it that you're selling, Right? If you're, just, if you're just trying to sell something to make a quick buck, yeah, you're going to make some money at first because you got that go-getter mindset, but eventually you're going to burn out. If you want to be a coach, I challenge people. Some people make great coaches, man. Some people like definitely should leave their sport and immediately go into coaching. Some people, it would serve them better to explore what can they do outside of athletics. But if you never take the time to explore what else you might be interested in or where else you can go contribute or tap into those four quadrants that you just shared, then you're going to be stuck coaching and you're going to be like, man, I wonder what else I could have done if I just branched outside of my sport. So I don't even know if I answered your question, bro. You got me like, you know, you asked me stopper broken questions. I just went like 20 different directions. What, What was the original question?
0: No, no, you, you, you really hit on it. You know, it's really about just like, like you mentioned, not wanting to kill somebody's dream as much as open up their mind state to there are other things that you can do. Right. And I love the, the example that you gave around an athlete wanting to transition directly into coaching, right? Like give yourself some space, right? Like move away from the game for a little bit, make sure the game loves you, right? You might love the game. The game might not love you back, bro. And sometimes, you know, it's important for us to really come to that understanding of, okay. I, one of the biggest realizations I had in life is everything comes to an end. Everything. Good things, bad things, indifferent. Everything has a starting point. Everything has an end point, including the life that we have. And there's so much appreciation that we lack for ending something, right? That sometimes things just have to end. Doesn't mean you can't go back to it, but it does mean that for that moment in time for you, it doesn't make sense to pursue any longer, right? You mentioned about still making beats. I still freestyle every day, right? Like, you know, I'm still as sharp as I probably was years ago, but it wasn't what I wanted to contribute to the world necessarily. And I had to take my time and energy and pour it into the things that I felt mattered, but I still have love for it. I'm still good at it. This is not what I want to do. Um, And so I I love that you mentioned, sometimes you just have to distance yourself from the game and the game could be anything, right? Like you could be a career educator. Sometimes you need to step away from education, do something different and realize whether or not this is really what you want to do. And so, you know, Taj, you have The Thrive After Sports podcast that is attached to the work that you do. So, talk to me about the podcast, man. You know, I love anyone that really evolves their work beyond just the day to day nuts and bolts and figures out how to like share that message across a greater spectrum, right? I mean, it works for you, it gives you great publicity. People probably want to come and work with you, but it also shows a level of like commitment and understanding that you have that there are people that you can't work with for whatever reason that still need this information still need this guidance right The third lap there'll be people i never talked to that hear this that i hope gain a bunch from it that i may never interact with um you know the purpose is for the content to be there so that they can enjoy it and so for you a what was the purpose initially so why did you start to thrive after sports and then where do you ultimately see it going moving forward Bro, you
1: hit the nail right right on the head with, we do it, like, and as a podcaster, I know you know this too, we do it so that we can impact people without ever having to speak to them directly. Like, you just cast such a bigger net of being able to impact and and help people. So that's exactly why I did it, man. Um, And it was right around the time where, like, things started to pick up. So I started it in 2019. By then, I had officially been putting myself out there as a transition coach uh, for about a year, a year and some change at that point. I was starting to get momentum. I was starting to get a lot of referrals. People wanted to work with me. And so my calendar was booked up, man. And I'm like, man, I got all these people who they need advice. They need help. But at the same time, I can't reach everybody. And I'm putting out all this content. Why don't I just take the same content, the same videos that I'm putting on YouTube and just strip the audio? So that's how it started. Because I'm like, at the end of the day, man, people are busy. They're not going to sit there, even if it's like 10, 15 minutes and watch a video, even if it's going to be helpful for them. But if people are on their commutes, then they'll listen to that. So that's how it originally started. It was just a bunch of solo episodes. I was repurposing my videos. And then, of course, just like anything else in life, it started to evolve. And what it evolved into was all right, well, I got these people I'm working with. Let me interview them. So then it started becoming I'm going to interview the people that I'm helping transition because people have heard me talk about it till I'm blue in the face. But let's get some people who are just going through it and they can share their experience and how they're overcoming it. And then it evolved into man, I'm connecting with all these other dope people in the space who work with athletes. Let me start interviewing them. So that's what it's really become, man. Um, and that's where, like, I, I see it continuing on that path, where it's not so much about me sharing information. It's not so much about me interviewing the people that I'm working with. It's more so about interviewing other people who are doing dope things and pointing them in the direction of people who have great resources. Um, so that's where it's going, man. That's I think I'm going to continue with that. Uh, I've been hosting a lot of panels and stuff too. So whenever I record the panels, I just take the the panel and post that on the podcast. So what it is, is a place where current and former athletes can come to thrive after sports, listen to these episodes, listen to the stories of other former athletes who are out in the world doing great things and get inspired and get ideas for potential lanes that they could carve out for themselves by hearing how other people did it. So that's what it's all about, man.
0: Hey, so I'm really excited to announce the first ever advertiser for the third of podcast. And of course, it's the homie Teddy Gandhi and his team from Blacks Apparel. Blacks is a clothing company that focuses on black reality, both past and present. They share daily blacks or black facts, quotes, and content regarding black reality through their social media. So stop by the store at blacks.com, that's B-L-A-C-T-S.com to check out the Blacks Basic Tees. And all of their inventory blacks also uses its platform to collaborate with local artists so keep an eye out for their limited edition tees and apparel make sure to use the promo code third lap for 10 percent off your first purchase i mean really what you waiting for get the blacks.com third lap for 10 percent off your first purchase support the homie teddy support the podcast let's go Yeah, man. And it's it's all about that paying it back, paying it forward, right? Like, you know, making sure that we leaving doors open. Um, I I prefer to take doors off the hinges because I feel like you can leave it open, the wind could blow it closed, somebody might come by and see it's open and close it. If it ain't no door on the hinges, it ain't nothing to close, right? And so as we go into these spaces, and as we continue to to blaze trails for folks behind us, um, remember to take the door off the hinges, take the door with you, yo. You know what I mean? They put a new door on; it cost them something, right? <laughs> it takes some time to get approval for the for to get the new door. So by then, we done snuck a couple folks in, man. But yeah, no, I love it. I love the the thoughtfulness and intentionality that goes into attaching thrive to the work that you're already doing. I, I really enjoy the fact that like you even took it a step further and you're interviewing the people that you're actively working with. There's so much. There's so much like the secret sauce. I've been thinking about this. Like there's no such thing, right? Like there's no such thing as a secret sauce, hard work, right? Like we think about the Big Mac, McDonald's had the work they behind off to advertise it, to mass produce it, to sell it. Like, yeah, the sauce is great. But if they didn't put the work in, the sauce is irrelevant, right? And so we get caught up in like, what's the secret sauce? What's the secret sauce? I've been thinking about this for weeks. And over the weekend, I was like, hard work, right? Like we want to run away from it, but everything comes back to working hard and working intelligently, And so, you know, clearly you've worked very hard. You were willing to go all the way to ground zero, to the very beginning, to build yourself back up. But you're also working intelligently. You understand that, like, you have to have a network around you. You have to be able to codify these experiences, right? Because you can't talk to everyone, but your message can reach anyone, right? And so understanding that difference led to the Thrive After Sports. But, I mean, I wouldn't be doing you... uh, I'll be doing you a disservice if I also didn't mention that. So this this man, soul brother right here is really a revolutionary and, a, and, a, and just an all around incredible person because you're also a published author, right? And so you, you, you've taken it even a step further, right? And you've added another component to your ability to connect with people and coach folks. So I would love to hear um, specifically about your book, but also the work that you're doing um, with self published in 30 Days. Um, yeah, talk to us, man. It's a lot of people out here that want to self-publish. feel like folks don't know really where to start. So talk to us about that addition to your work as well.
1: Absolutely, man. Um, I love telling this backstory about how the book even came about and then further how I came on board as vice president of self-publishing 30 Days because it's just really a testament to, like you said, hard work. You can't, there's no way around hard work, man. Like when you're putting in work and your intentions are good and you're trying to help people, you can't lose so that's how everything came about including the book i had no intentions of writing a book it wasn't even on my radar like i would see other people write books i'm like yeah that's cool good for them i'll support it. i'll get a copy but you know i'm doing my coaching i'm doing my podcasting lo and behold i had a client man he's a former overseas hooper and he was like man i want to write a book i want to get into speaking and we were like three four weeks into working together so it was very clear that that's what he wanted to do i'm like bet i'm gonna help you get that going so immediately, I started doing research around who, who was publishing books, who had some good products. I asked a friend. I really liked the way her book was done. I thought it was very professionally done. It looked like it was done by like you know a penguin or like a traditional publisher. Like, so I'm like, who did your book? And she connected me with Self-Publishing 30 Days. So I reach out. It just so happened to be the number one self-publishing company in the world, by the way. And that's, that's tracked through the book's ISBN number, which is like the uh, social security number. So that's based off of the number of books printed per year and sold per year. So I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going with them. So I plugged them in with the guy I'm working with. They get the book done for him. I reach out to the founder of the company, Mr. Darren Palmer. And I'm like, man, hey, thank you. You did a phenomenal job. I'd like to set up a referral system with you in case I come across any other former athletes who want to publish books. I just want to have that connect where I can reach out to you directly. He's like, look, man, I like the way you think. We can definitely do that. And I love the work you're doing. I think you need to write a book. And he's a former football dude. He's like, you know, I think 11, 12 years older than me. Played ball at Stephen F. Austin back in the day. So we hit it off. You know, older black man, owns multiple businesses. He sees a lot of his younger self in me. I see a lot of my older self in him. He's like, you got to write the book, man. You can have an impact on people right now. You don't have to wait till you're old and gray or until you air quotes, made it, whatever that means, like, you need to write the book now and tell people about what you're doing, because that's going to hit a different demographic than the people who listen to the podcast. And it's another way for you to have an impact. So I'm like, all right, I'm sold. I get it already. I'm gonna write the book. I wrote the book, the book comes out, you know, all these doors are opening up, I'm going back to speak in my alma mater, like, people are, you know, sending me emails, Taj, this book saved my life. I'm like, man, this is a beautiful thing. Um, And then Darren comes back around. He's like, hey, man, I had this vision. He just called me out the blue one day. He's like, I had this vision. Um, What do you think about this? Why don't you come on board with my company? Keep doing everything you're doing, but come on board as vice president and build out a sports division because more athletes need to tell their stories and you could be the one to facilitate that and oversee it. So, you know, I thought about it for a little bit and then I really thought how much I actually needed that because number one, I've been a solopreneur for so long that I needed a team around me and and, and a support system. And also I was at a point where it's like, yeah, I'm helping people with transition, but I need to add more to what I'm doing to where I can help people on a broader scale. So now it's not just about athletes anymore. I can help anyone who has a powerful story and wants to help people with their story and use their voice. I can help them write a book, publish a book, use the book to leverage that for speaking engagements or different business opportunities as a way to get in front of people. So I officially came on board, the book officially was released uh December of last year and then I came on board as VP of published publishing 30 days in September of last year and that was right around the time I started the book and he came to me with like the vision he had right after so it's been a beautiful thing man and I got a ton of info that I could share on the publishing process you know how to get started and what that looks like but I'll just leave it right there for now man because I just wanted to tell that that
0: backstory behind how it came about yeah for sure man and so you know I would love if you did give a, a couple of tidbits or like let's start with one thing because I feel like that could probably span into a bunch of stuff um and still want to talk about like your motivation and, and other things to come but yeah so anyone that's interested in self-publishing I mean what is, what is like a piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice that you would give them in regards to starting that process All right, man, I'm gonna preface
1: it with this. If I start getting too long-winded, just cut me off, all right? Because there's so much, I have so much I can share with you. And it's perfect because not only did I just learn this myself having gone through the, the writing and publishing process last year, but now I'm helping other people do it. So it's like, first, the first thing you wanna be careful of is there's a lot of advice out there about publishing your book. And sometimes it's overwhelming, right? You don't know who to listen to. There's all these different articles. People say just upload it to Amazon, right? Now, we do put all of our books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble through self publishing 30 days. But what most people miss out on is, number one, getting the book professionally done so that it actually, so that it doesn't look like a DIY project. Because I'm sure you've seen this, Mal. There's some people, man, you could tell they did it themselves. The book comes out and it looks like they threw it together themselves. And so for people who they have businesses or they're wanting to be the book uh, the book to be a representation of themselves so they can put their best put their best foot forward it's really important that the book is done professionally so self publishing 30 days is a hybrid company to where you get you get the book professionally done where, where it looks like it's done by a simon and schuster or a penguin but you maintain all the copyrights and the ownership because what people don't understand is they they only think to when they think self-publishing they think i'm gonna upload it to amazon or they think i'm gonna try to get with a traditional publisher so these days, traditional publishers like a penguin, like a Simon and Schuster, they operate like the music industry, where they give you an advance upfront, but you got to have some buzz. You got to be Michelle Obama or somebody like that. They're not just come gonna come knocking on your door because you got a story to tell. And you want to write a book. They don't care. Is the book gonna sell on a, on a mass marketing scale, right? So a lot of people get burned when they try to pay all this money to get agents and work with a traditional publisher, not understanding that they don't want your story anyway. And even if they do. If they give you a cash advance, you're responsible for recouping that money, just like a record deal. And if your book isn't selling, they're going to pull that book off the shelves for the next hottest thing. And then you're stuck with a bill and a book that's not selling. So it gets ugly real fast. And then the other the other side of it is, like I said, people try to upload the book to Amazon, not understanding that. Number one, Amazon takes 60 percent of every sale. So you put the book on there. Jeff Bezos is taking over half of every purchase and you can't track the data. So what we do is we get the book professionally done, walking, walking authors through step-by-step how to actually write it professionally. We have an in-house team, not just people who run it through Grammarly, but they look at the content. How does this actually flow? When people pick up this book, are they not gonna be able to put it down because it's so well-written? Little things like, like that are important. You wanna have a team to get eyes on it, not just the editor, not just proofreading, but content. The other thing is cover design, right? People get in trouble, man. They try to hire somebody off of Fiverr, or something to do it for the low not understanding what type of color palette needs to be used so that a book looks good when it's printed not understanding what type of file not understanding dimensions you know so it might look good on your phone or your laptop but you upload it to amazon and now it's looking crazy when it goes to print because you didn't understand what you were doing as far as what needs to be done cover wise so i say all that to say you got to be careful man you got to be careful out there people will tell you just just upload it, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. But then it comes out looking crazy and then people are stuck with a book remorse. They got a book, yeah, you, you know, you can say you got a book, but when people look at it, they are gonna be looking at you like how you do anything, it's how you do everything. And no one's gonna take you seriously if you don't put your best foot forward. So what we do, oh, another thing, this is the last thing I'm gonna leave you with. This is where people miss out on the strategy. If you upload it to Amazon before you have a pre-order stage, then you're missing out on revenue and you're missing out on tracking the data of people who are ordering. So I'll just use myself as an example. The team walked me through step-by-step to help me write it, design the cover, do the interior design. And then we announced the pre-order stage. So the book was about three months from being released while we were doing editing, but people were ordering my book because we released the 3D image saying, hey, this book is coming out in a few months. You can pre-order at thriveaftersportsbook.com. So people are placing orders and all of the income is coming to me so I can fund other projects I'm working on for, uh, for athletes, rather than it being, you know, sifted through Jeff Bezos pockets first. And I'm able to see who's ordering so I can add those people to my email list and send them more stuff that's going to help them. And these are the same people who are going to invite me to do speaking engagements. So you fast forward, I've already, you know, done the pre-order stage. Now the book officially comes out. Now you put it up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble after the pre-order stage, but I've had all that time to be able to have people order for me. And even now people still order for me because that's where I'm sending people to. So that's what I would say. Another, this is the last thing, man. See, I'm I'm on my soapbox now. You got me fired up. Another thing I would say is don't get into the mode of thinking like, oh, who am I to write a book, right? Don't get into that mode. So you got to understand that whatever like whoever you are it doesn't matter what you do or why you want to write a book or what your story is or what you're going to put in the book you got to understand that someone is going to be impacted by that so even if you write a book and you know it's just something to give to the grandkids or whatever someday like why not get that done because most people's books they end up in the cemetery like people have all these ideas of oh I want to write a book and then they never do it they never get started and and then it never comes out so if you're thinking about writing a book definitely go for it make sure you get it professionally done but go for it and put it out there because someone's going to be impacted by it so i'll just leave it at that
0: you're listening to the third lap podcast with mal davis yeah yo gems on gems on gems man you know what <laughs> I mean? and we're gonna leave it at that because realistically for anything more you got to pay tosh for his time man you know what I mean? <laughs> that's all we could give out though right like for free you could give a million he will about to give you a billion dollars worth of game so we're not doing that um, but yo, it, I appreciate the feedback. You actually got me excited to start the book writing process. And I've been joking with folks about that. Like, you know, I actually never really thought about it until we started talking. Um, But I think it is important to, if you feel that passion, like my dad published, I told you I walked through the process with him, out, shout, Pop, um, he published his book through Amazon. My mom is in the process of finishing one and writing the second one that she's looking to do. The traditional publishing process I told her you know rock with my man Ty, she got you but you know my mother she's not nah, she want that upfront money she you know some people want the upfront <laughs> bread, like they that's they process they rather have that good chicken in their hand you know i i went through the whole recoup and 360 deals from the record industry and so i know that, that whatever they front you they want every penny back um i rather you give me nothing and I, I earn right. it zero you know and so but it takes all types so shout out to my parents though because both of them are authors and and are writers, and so it's only right that I start the process too. So I'm gonna be rocking with you, bro. You know, we're gonna talk. You got my, you got me excited about it. And so as I figure out what the heck I'm gonna write about, I have no idea. Um, I literally, I told my wife the title of the book is I don't know what the hell I'm writing about. <laughs> Join in with me, page by page on this journey. Um, huh. But nah, man, I appreciate you, brother. And so, you know, um, as we transition, you know, into like the latter half now of the podcast, I would love to hear from you. What's next, Tosh? You know, you've been doing so many things. You've experienced so many things. you just turned 30. So you have a whole life ahead of you. Um, yeah, where do you see this transition? And what do you plan ahead next?
1: Yeah, man. And, and thank you, bro, for that warm welcome to the 30s, man. Because I definitely do feel it. It's like, it's that type of feeling where you get there, you're like, I've been been joking with people like, man, my 20s are a tax write-off, man. I was just learning and trying to figure it out, but
0: now I feel like, That's what your 20s are, yo. It's playing around, you know, go party, go have fun, enjoy yourself, jump off the porch, learn life lessons because all of that stuff, when it's 30 and it's go time, and 32 is really the go time, go time. So when you hit 32... Everything kind of just falls into place. You like, yo, I'm about to destroy the world now. And so, you know, but 30 is beautiful, man. So folks, don't be afraid of that transition. Use your 20s as an experience to learn and all of those lessons. You get a chance to apply that in your 30s, and that's incredible.
1: Yeah, man. That, that makes me real excited, man. I feel like I really do mean it. What I posted the other day where I feel like I'm just getting started. Um, but it's not about me, man. Let me let me talk about this because where I'm where I'm looking at moving forward is figuring out ways to have a broader impact. Like I said, like obviously with the publishing company, um, there are a lot of athletes, not just athletes, but people in general who are coming out with books. And I've been fortunate enough to oversee that and assign them to teams. You know, people are already coming out with books. There's a lot of books coming out over the summer. Uh, I'm also working on my second book, which is a co-author book. And what that is, is it's called Athlete to Entrepreneur and it's a collection of stories. So I got 20 different former athletes who each wrote a chapter. And basically the idea of it, Athlete to entrepreneur is for a current or former student athlete or professional athlete to get that book and see it's not just LeBron James who's dipping his toe into entrepreneurship. It's not just household names, it's everyday people. Some people went to schools or played for, you know, professional teams you never even heard of. But the bottom line is they're all former athletes, all doing big things out in the world, and they tell their stories step by step to how they transitioned and how they started carving out a lane for themselves in entrepreneurship. So I'm excited about that book coming out. It's actually going to be ready for pre-order in May. We're just editing everyone's chapter. So that's book. Thank you, sir. That's book number two. And then book number three uh, is going to be called um, Surviving or Thriving. So it's a spinoff of Thrive After Sports, but it's now to the general population, which kind of leads me to my next point, man. I'm starting to branch out because since COVID happened, I realized it's not just athletes who are out there struggling, trying to figure out the next steps. It's not just athletes who are unhappy in their jobs. You know, it's not just athletes who feel like they want more out of life and are seeking that fulfillment. So basically, I'm kind of going back to my recruiting roots where I, you know, carved out this lane for myself specifically with athletes. But I see myself being more someone who is providing resources, writing books, you know, uh, hosting shows and and having conversations around how to help anyone, not just athletes, but help anyone carve out their lane and find fulfillment in their life so that they can ultimately, because I look at it like this, man. Like, you know this, man, I'm preaching to the choir, but just for anybody listening, all of us have something unique to offer. And it's almost like, you know, like Three Stacks said, the the world's a stage and everybody got to play their part, right? So that's how, that's really how I feel about it. Like, if you're not tapped into whatever your gift is, like, then you're, then the world is lacking because you're not bringing what you were put here to do and bringing that forth to help someone else. So I'm looking to be that person that sparks that that fire in other people to help them tap into what they're meant to do so that they can, they can play their part, you know?
0: I love that piece where uh, what you just said, man, around like, if you don't identify what you're supposed to do, if you can't provide that spark to the world, the world's lacking that spark. Um, And that's such a unique way of looking at our contributions. Um, Because again, I mean, we started off this conversation talking about how like we minimize the contributions of, of black and brown athletes, but I think that you could take athlete off and put black and brown anything and and their con- the contributions are being minimized. And so, you know, I think just in general, um, it's important that we spend that time, you know, we think, oh man, I got kids, I got this mortgage. Um, you know, gonna have folks that come that are coming up on the podcast that have mortgages and had to walk away, right? Like, you know, to have kids and and kids and them had to really be lean for a year or two to figure it out. but. I feel like you're modeling for your children what it looks like to chase what you love. And I feel most entrepreneurs just through this process and through conversations that I've had, like anecdotally, I've noticed the correlation between entrepreneurs and at least one of their parent or grandparent being an entrepreneur, right? Like most people that are hustling on their own saw somebody that they love doing it. And so they know it's, it's possible. And so the importance of you codifying those stories, providing that second book around athlete to entrepreneur, right? That transition and letting folks know it's not just LeBron, you know, it's not just the people that you can see. There are so many people making that transition successfully starting small and just building a really strong foundation Um, and then just building from there, right? And so, yeah, absolutely open up that umbrella. Um, you know, as I'm looking at what's next for myself, it's it's more coaching of people in that transition because much like yourself, I find a lot of joy in helping people find what they love in life. That's the whole purpose of this podcast, yo, is I'm connected with mad people that do mad different things. And so somebody, this is going to relate to somebody, right? Um, But at the core of it all, everyone that's been on here, myself included, um, we all are pursuing what we love and giving no excuses and, and not apologizing for it, right? Like, appreciate all the people that support us. Again, that network of people around us, my wife, my parents, you know, my close friends and family, this wouldn't be possible without them. Same for you, I'm sure, and all the folks that have come on here, man. So definitely give shout out to them. But I also want to say that like, I appreciate you, bro, um, because you could have went a thousand different ways with this. You could have been money hungry. This could have not been about setting other people up for their success long-term, but instead you focused in on them. Um, and I'm sure that that brings you great joy, but it also brings great joy to those folks also. And so, you know, we're we're now here. Um, I would love to hear what's your motivation, man. You know again, you could have done anything. You, you Taj, had the skills and, and intelligence to be in any space in any walk of life. And so you find yourself where you are intentionally and on purpose. What motivates you to continue to push forward and open, well, I was going to say open doors, forget opening doors. Remember we're taking doors off hinges. So, you know, what <laughs> motivates you to take the doors off the hinges and walk away with it?
1: Oh man, that's another great question. Before I even answer that, man, I can't just skip past all the, you know, words of affirmation, the words of encouragement you just shared with me, man. So just know the feeling is mutual bro. And I definitely, you know, I feel like we haven't even met each other in person, man. This is really only our second real conversation. And I already feel like I know you since we was, you know, knee high, bro. So, uh, definitely appreciate all the work you do and have a tremendous respect for who you are as a man and your message. Um, but yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to linking up. We got to lace some up when you come to Austin, man. But, uh, all right, let me answer the question now. Let's see. Uh, my motivation, man, is, and I always tell people, I feel like I didn't have a choice you know and I'm sure you can resonate with this like it gets to a point where you kind of hit a crossroads you know some people call it like the quarter life crisis Um, I was at a point where it was like all right you know you have certain things that are important to you and that's when like helping athletes was on my radar or you could play it safe and I think all of us no matter who you are we feel that call at some point in life and some people ignore the call ignore the call and then eventually you know they might take it when they're in their 30s 40s and 50s But we all have that responsibility to kind of um, face the unknown, face the ugliness, face the the uncertainty of trying to do something different or going out there to to really leave your mark on the world and do things that are important to you. Um, And I feel like I didn't have a choice. So my motivation is, I always say it's like 50% selfish and 50% uh, selfless. And what I mean by that is I'm motivated by, I don't just want to it's the name of the book, right? I don't just want to like survive and just live paycheck to paycheck. And I don't just want to like do a job just for the sake of doing a job or just doing it for money. So the selfish part of it comes in where like I'm motivated by freedom, by being able to, like my goal is to wake up every day and get paid to be myself. And I finally reached that point in my life after years of, you know, scratching and clawing to get there. I get paid to just be me and, and help people in a way that I feel like is important to me. And that's the selflessness part of it too, where I'm motivated by helping those athletes and not not like I just shared, not just athletes, but people in general, helping people who are lost, get to a point where they don't have to feel lost anymore, feel helpless because I've been there and it's a scary place to be. And you feel like there's no hope and you feel like no one understands. So I'm motivated by being the light at the end of the tunnel for those people who feel like they're never going to figure it out or they're never going to be fulfilled or they don't know what they're doing. Um, so I think about that every single day, man. That's, that's what motivates me. And then of course, man, you touched on this a few times, my family, bro, like that, they didn't have to let me move back in after college. And they definitely didn't have to let me move back in when I went broke, trying to start a business, thinking I was somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they didn't have to do that, bro, but they did. My girl didn't have to stay with me when, you know, my car got repoed and, we had to move out of our apartment and she had to move back in with her mom at the same time I moved back in with my folks. She could have easily been like, bro, you're done. But she stuck with me. And uh, you know, I I don't take that for granted at all. So that's my motivation too. I put the people who are closest to me in my life, I put them through too much hell to just, you know, feel like I'm complacent or like I could take my foot off the gas now. It's still way too much to be done, bro.
0: Oh yeah, man. It's way too much to be done again. Shout outs to your parents, shout outs to your girl, yo. Um, that's a queen right there though right like you know it's that's the same with my wife like you know I realized I realized years ago but it continuously is reaffirmed to me that my wife is a writer like she really is my right hand like you know when we moved to where we at right now the the moving truck never showed up and so me and my wife high key moved our whole crib right and like it ain't, it, yeah, them eyes is the same way that I looked at my wife carrying heavy ass shit. Like, I'm like, damn, like she really with it. Like she ain't complain. We both was hurting the bad back hurt, but we did it. You know what I'm saying? And like, for me, it's little stuff like that that speaks volumes of a person's character. Cause she could have just sat on the steps and, and had a pouting session and looked at me crazy and be like, yo, spend more money, get somebody else. Nah, she strapped it up the way I did and we gutted that joint out. And so, you know, anytime you're going through situations with a person and they continuously show high character, you value that, right? Like, so I hope people listening, if you got people in your corner, because we tend to take the people that give us the most love for granted, right? Because we, we, we assume that they'll be there. Appreciation goes a long way. Telling somebody, thank you. That you love them, that you appreciate them. Yo, Taj, I love you, brother. I appreciate you, man. For real, right? That goes a long way. You never know when you catch somebody where they are in that day. Right. And so you spoke about that love that you have for the people around you. And I hope that, like, you also speaking that to them and, and showing them through actions as well. Um, but yeah, shout out to your parents, because you know, not everybody parents gonna let them back in after they broke. So they're gonna be like, hey, son. Life lesson. <laughs> <Getting
1: it out. laughs> Straight up, bro. It Straight out. up, man. And you just reminded me, man, real quick. You, you, of course. Because I've told them time and time again. But like when we get off here, man, I might just call my folks and just tell them thank you. Just, just because you just shared that, bro. I tell my girl all the time, but it's like you can never really say it too much to thank people for the role that they played in your life. So I thank you for sharing that, bro, because you really put it into perspective. Like you can never thank them enough and it doesn't hurt to thank them whenever you, whenever the moment strikes. So I'm definitely going to do that, man.
0: Bro. I just call people random. I just text them random. (laughs) But it's real talk because I had to learn this lesson. People passed away and I could not thank them no more. Right. I couldn't give them. They just do. We couldn't have that conversation. All I could talk to is the heavens. Now I can't talk and hear that response back. When I got you here in a human form, nah, I'm going to build with you. I'm going to invest in you. I want you to know how much I appreciate you. So yeah, call your parents up, man. They love you, bro. They probably thinking about you right now. So hit them on the lines <laughs> and, and, you know, that's get real. the job done, bro. But that's awesome, man. And so, you know, you spoke to us about what keeps you pushing. You mentioned that 50% selfish, 50% selfless. Um, I had a, a someone on earlier, Jasmine Omarogbe. What up, Jasmine? She talked about doing good and doing well which is the same exact thing right like i want to do good for people but i also want to do well for myself i think we get caught in that middle ground or like especially black folks service mindset people that like we're giving our lives to everyone else and we're okay with pennies in return like nah, you can do both yo you can you can be selfless and servant mindset oriented but also take care of what you got to take care of at home. Cause that's also important. Your legacy is what are you leaving behind for people to be able to grow from and flourish with. Right. And so that's also monetary, unfortunately, to a certain extent. Um, and so Taj, man, we, we getting here to the tail ter- end of it. My brother, again, I appreciate you running this third lap with me. And so we're now at the motivational thoughts for the people two to three minutes. What do you want to make sure that people walk away with understanding about you and about your episode today? Mm. And
1: I guys speak from the heart, I mean, I've been speaking from the heart the whole time, but I'm gonna just share with what's coming through me right now. For anybody who's tuning in with me and Malcolm right now, I just want you to know, whatever it is that you're going through in life, like just stay consistent. You know what I mean? Like, if there's something you're struggling with right now, it's only temporary. If you feel like you have goals and dreams and aspirations, and you've been putting all this work in, but nothing's really taking shape, nothing's really coming to fruition, and just keep just keep putting that work in. I always use the reference of uh, planting seeds, right? Like every day when I wake up, it's not my responsibility to be like, oh man, did the seeds sprout yet? What's going on with these seeds? I planted those seeds months ago. What's going on with that? No, nah, I just wake up and just plant seeds. That's the only thing that you can do. If you really look at life from that perspective and the seeds that I'm talking about is, is planting seeds, meaning investing in yourself, planting seeds and improving yourself, but also planting seeds that's going to help other people, even if you don't see it. Um, I just want to share that with the people. Just make sure that you're always planting seeds. Don't be attached to when the seeds sprout because they will sprout eventually. And sometimes it's seeds you forgot you planted that start sprouting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Those things pop up up out the blue. It happens to me every day. Like, man, I I did this years ago and I'm just now seeing it start to take shape. Um, Another thing I would share is don't allow other people's opinion to hold you back. Like whatever you, especially if you're trying to do something different in this world, people are they're going to doubt you. They're going to tell you you're crazy. They're going to try to discourage you because maybe they're afraid of doing it themselves, but don't allow that to hold you back. You got to stay true to yourself. And like me and Malcolm were talking about earlier, you have to play your part. You have to play your position in this life. Otherwise you're going to be on your deathbed someday with regrets about what you could have, would have, should have done. And nobody wants to be at this place. So, you know, tomorrow's not promised. Just make sure that you, you're living it to the fullest every single day. And uh, you know, when you lay your head on the pillow at night, just know that you 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 put your best foot forward and gave your offer that day. So I'll just leave it at that.
0: Nah, man, that's that's a great place to leave it. Um, you were talking about that the like survive versus thrive. Um, and that's like a core component of most conversations I have with people that goes through the first two episodes of the Mind Your Mentals. Like I actually was just talking to my my uh I just got my hair twisted and was talking to the the and, and her assistant about the same thing that, like, when we in a mentality of surviving, there is no thriving, right? There is no success. I survive or you succeed, right? The survival is the reptilian complex, right? Like that's that's all high-brain stuff. You 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 need your forebrain, right? Like it, it's a whole process, right? And so when you're really getting into the science of it, folks, like Tosh said, Yo, whatever you're going through is temporary. It is not forever, you know the way we extend it to forever is when we allow it to be forever if we don't ever break away from it right like when we end up doing the same things over and over expecting a, a different result nah it's never going to happen man you you already know what you're doing doesn't work try something new um and for folks that are interested in learning more i we'll actually get into this right now but that are interested in, in writing a book or getting more involved in that process i definitely suggest to reach out to taj Um, when i start my process you who i'm going through brother so uh definitely throw us the title of your book so that folks could check it out i already purchased it my man todd sent me the link we we did the transaction i got it right here at the crib um so i appreciate you that came real handy real quick too you know quick transactions i love quick transactions um but yeah man talk to me uh what's the name of the book so folks can find it and then also anything else that you're reading, as I've said numerous times now, the book club has evolved into like a joy club, you know, it's hard as hell to find joy in a pandemic. So what are you doing that you find joy in that other people may enjoy as well?
1: Man, well, first of all, I got to thank you for supporting the book, bro, because just because you know, just because we connected didn't mean you had to buy it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have been mad at you if you didn't buy it. So I appreciate you supporting.
0: Me. But yeah, Listen, when my called. book dropped, you buy my book, so we good. Yeah, yeah,
1: come on, bro! I'm yeah, gonna at least you know. sell
0: one book, and it'll be tied. So I appreciate you, son.
1: Man, you gonna sell more books than you could possibly imagine, bro. Not only that, but I definitely uh, I host shows through the publishing company as well. One of them is called Author Spotlight. So matter of fact, when you drop your book, I want to interview you on Author Spotlight, so we can have a great conversation like this and talk about your book. And now you got me thinking, man, I wish I would have actually prepared a book list because I got so many books that changed my life. But I'll start, you know, I got it right here behind me. You know what I'm saying? Let me hold it (laughs) up. Thrive After Sports. That's that's my book right there. You can get that at thriveaftersportsbook.com. It is available on Amazon, as I mentioned. But if you heard me talk about Jeff Bezos earlier in the episode, please just get the book from thriveaftersportsbook.com. Support your boy. Um, Aside from that, so I recommend this book right here. The Way of the Superior Man, I recommend this book to, honestly, I think women should read it too. uh, But obviously it's called The Way of the Superior Man. The reason I recommend that, um, I actually heard Nipsey Hussle talk about this on an interview where he said Lauren London got that book for him and had him read it. That book is about what it actually means to be a man. Meaning like, it talks about some deep concepts, like sacrificing yourself for your purpose um, and how a man should always be mission oriented. Like if you think about it, even a sperm cell, is like on a mission, it knows the target, it knows the goal. So as a man, this book really talks about staying focused on your goal and really being like um, mission-oriented and even like sacrificing to achieve your goal as long as that goal helps other people. So The Way of the Superior Man by David Detter. See so now I got to reference the bookshelf. Uh, the Motivation Manifesto. This is fire. It, the Motivation Manifesto by Brendan, uh, Brendan Burchard. It's not what it sounds like either. It's not like, you know, rah-rah motivation. It's really like life principles. It really talks about, I'm going to just read this real quick. He says, should we wish to live a vibrant life, we must transcend such childishness and look fear in the eye, recognizing it as a mental construct that we alone fuel with small thoughts that betray our magnitude. I'll just leave it at that. That's a fire book right there. I got countless other books, man. I always recommend like uh, Eckhart Tolle. I think that's how you say his name. Like The Power of Now. You know, especially for people who are just getting into mindfulness and meditation, books like that will get you right and teach you how to observe your thoughts so that you can get out of your own way, because we all get in our own way sometimes. So you want to have the skills to be able to get out your own way so you can do what you need to do. Uh, The list goes on and on, man. I got this whole, you know, I got a whole shelf back here. I'm trying to think about what else, but nothing else is really coming to mind. But we'll just start with those. The Way of the Superior Man, the Motivation Manifesto. Uh in the power
0: of now by Eckhart Tolle. That's what comes. To, and of course, drive after sports, you know. Yeah, now nah, of course, drive after sports. Uh, like you said, go to the website um to make sure to order it from the homie directly. You know, we don't do middleman, man. We always go right to the plug, man. We we well, bust our work, bro, for real. Um, if you got a middleman, I ain't gonna shame you, but um, preferences <laughs> always go right to the plug, man. You get a better deal anyway. And so you know, Todd's Brother. Um, I appreciate you, man. You know, I can't stop singing your praises, bro. You know, you you really coming in the 30. Um, you about to do some damage in your 30s, man. You know, when you hit 40 and you reflecting on that decade of your 30s, you know, you're going to reflect back and see greatness, right? And then channel that to hit the next, right? And so, you know, I, I love the fact that you lived your experiences. You remember um, sleeping on your on the bed looking at the Pop Warner trophies, but you didn't let that break you, you let that make you, right? Like all of our experiences, we choose whether or not they break or they make us, right? We choose how we respond to them. That's one of the dopest things I've ever gotten from Buddhism is that we only control our response to everything though, right? To how, to other people's actions, to life, to the universe. We are in control of how we respond, right? How we think about things, how we approach stuff. Um, and, we, and you clearly could have went left and been a very different person in a very different space where we would never would have connected. And so I'm glad that you made the conscientious choices that you did and that ultimately you decided to invest in other people along the pathway. And so my brother, blessings to you, man. You know, keep running your marathon. I see nip over your shoulder there, over your left shoulder. Um, keep running the marathon. The marathon continues one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from my mom when I was struggling to finish high school. And she told me straight up, everybody runs their own marathon, you are where you're supposed to be. And like that kept my life in order because I really realized that I wasn't in competition with my colleagues and my friends and family. I was in competition with the last iteration of myself. Um, And once that really drove home and I really understood it's me versus the last time I was alive, which was yesterday. Um, man get after it be hungry and, and be selfless but be selfish do good and, and do well you know you can have both you can live a life where you attain all the things that you're looking for also giving up homage and, and making space for other people right we taking doors and we walking away the with them yo um, any building, you're going to know that Malcolm or Taj, uh, one of the third lab homies came through because it ain't going to be no door on the job, <laughs> That's right, bro. It ain't going to be no doors left. Oh, man. Um, and so, Taj, where can people find you on social media, man?
1: Yeah, man, i say the main place to go is uh, tajdeshawn.com. All the social media links are up there. But uh, on IG, I'm, I'm Taj Deshawn. Can't forget LinkedIn. We already talked about that. So on LinkedIn, Taj Deshawn. Uh, If you're not on Clubhouse, got to get on Clubhouse. Definitely, you know, look me up on Clubhouse. We're having some great rooms on there as well. Uh, What else? What else? The podcast Thrive After Sports is available on all podcast platforms. You can get the book at thriveaftersportsbook.com or if you just go to tajdeshawn.com and click on book, then, you know, it'll be there. Also on my website, there's a place where you can schedule a free call. This is for uh, former athletes specifically on that website. But um if you're looking to get a book done you can go to selfpublishing30days.com that's the letter in self the letter in three zero days uh there's a link if you go on ig in my bio there's a link for you to schedule a call to talk about getting your book done on there and if you go to my website i know i'm driving directing traffic all over the place but hopefully someone will just pick one and go with it <laughs> if you go to thompson.com like i was saying there's a place where you can schedule a call so if you are a current or former athlete Um, or a parent of a current or former athlete, schedule some time to speak with me on there because uh, that call is 100% free and I'm getting busier and busier. So I can't guarantee that that button is going to be there forever, but uh, I'm doing free calls. A lot of times people don't even need the full program. Like they get on there and schedule a call and sometimes they just need somebody to talk to. You know what I mean? So they don't have to like go through a full program or anything like that. We have one conversation, they get pointed in the right direction. So yeah, man, that's where you can find me though.
0: Yeah, definitely t- connect with Taj. Like I said, man, if you aren't on LinkedIn, folks, all jokes aside, take yourself seriously, jump on there. Um, Taj, I just started following you on Instagram. So we linked up. I appreciate you again. You know, we're, we're here at the end. We, we ran this third lap together. You know, I learned a lot more about you. Gained, you know, uh, thousands and thousands. Already thought sky high of you. Now you out there somewhere in the, in the stratosphere, man. You know, you <laughs> up there, my brother. And so, you know, I appreciate you. Um, welcome to the circle man welcome to the third lap family um you know like you said before this is the the first step and i'm sure um a long experience between the two of us in regards to interactions you know when i catch you out there in texas i'm gonna cook you brother we're gonna strap <laughs> oh, cook <good> you. <laughs> i'm definitely not either yo i'm so fat and out of shape bro i'm gonna have to run hella laps <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just put body on you, bro. I'm going to have the man. body. I'm going to run these Brandon Marshall routes on the outside, man. Nah, we are not even going to do all that,
1: man. We're going to get some barbecue and call it a <laughs> yes. day, man. That's what I, I ain't trying to run about, no man. routes either. Nah, pull my nah. hamstring, man. I'm good. Just, I'm right, good, I just bro. thought
0: about my Achilles popping. My wife like, hey, right. what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I can hear her yelling at me now, bro. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get some barbecue. We're going to chop it up, man. We're going to have ourselves a good time, bro. But yeah, man, we made it to the end. Um, this is another episode of the third lap podcast Um, as I mentioned before in regards to appreciation everybody listening I appreciate you Um, the numbers and and the love and support of this podcast has continued to grow Um, I appreciate y'all man I appreciate you I appreciate everyone that's been on here so far for suggesting other people to me um, and really supporting me and something that like I just did just for the hell of it yo um you know I really had no plan I just had a purpose and a vision again I thank every single person that's been on um Taj I thank you for your time today um and before we sign out is there any last words you want to share with the folks
1: nah man this has been phenomenal man no no joke this is one of the fav- my favorite podcast interviews that I ever done just because of not only the, the thought-provoking questions you asked but the way the conversation flowed and I think we touched on a lot of important topics man yeah. that's going to help a lot of people and uh you know I can't i would be doing you a disservice if we get out of here and I don't acknowledge you and thank you man because like you said, it started out one place that we already have mutual respect, but this right. is now this is now like a friendship, bro. This is not like a brotherhood that has been created right. off of one conversation, bro. Right. So I'm excited just for everything, man. And I, I really appreciate you having me on the show and uh I'm beyond excited for what's to come, man. In the future, and it yeah. makes me excited to think about all the things we could work on together, man.
0: Listen, absolutely, man. We're gonna sign out, and I'm gonna talk to you about one right now because you mentioned it. it's been at top of mind. So I'm like, we're gonna get offline and talk the bag. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's man. do it. <laughs> you know, yeah, brother. You know, I appreciate you. Um, definitely a brotherhood. Welcome to the Third Lab family. Um, everybody, again, this is a another episode of the Third Lab podcast. Each one teach one. We all learn together. This is the host Mal Davis signing out? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Third Lap Podcast. This is your host, Mal Davis. Please visit thethirdlappodcast.com for more information about the podcast, about our guests, and also to see our reading list. You can find us at The Third Lap Podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook, at Third Lap on Twitter, and at third underscore lap underscore podcast on Instagram. If you know anyone that would be great to be featured on this show, please reach out to our host, Mal Davis. He's always looking for interesting people to learn more about them and to talk about their pathway. Thank you so much again. Have a good one.